Welcome to the AdLaw Access Podcast. I'm Katie Townley, and today Carmen Heinbaugh and I are going to be discussing everybody's favorite topic, the California Consumer Privacy Act, or CCPA. And in particular, we're going to talk about the revisions to the draft regulations that the Attorney General released on Friday, February 7th. Just to give some brief background, the CCPA took effect on January 1st, and the AG had released draft regulations in mid-October and accepted public comments on them until the beginning of December. The recent revisions reflect the AG's response to the, those public comments, and many represent a rollback of a number of provisions that he had previously proposed. Carmen and I are going to touch briefly on a few important revisions, but feel free to reach out to us if you have specific questions, and you can always view our blog post on the subject at adlawaccess.com. So first, I'll talk a little bit about the consumer request regulations, as most businesses are working on responding to these requests and, you know, in that process have been identifying inefficiencies in their procedures while they undertake those responses. The revised draft provides a few clarifications, including confirming that online-only businesses that have a direct relationship with a consumer only need to provide an email address and not a toll-free telephone number for consumers to submit access requests. And additionally, they clarify that businesses have 10 business days to confirm receipt of an access or deletion request and 45 calendar days to respond, respond to that request. Importantly, if you can't verify the requester's identity within that 45-day period, the clock, st the clock stops and you can deny the request. Initially, there had been some uncertainty about whether the request remained open indefinitely, so this clarification is certainly helpful for businesses. With respect to access requests in particular, the revisions remove language that would have allowed businesses to not provide a requester with specific pieces of personal information if the disclosure created, quote, a substantial, articulable, and unreasonable risk to the security of the personal information, the consumer's account, or the security of the business's system or network. Only one comment proposed deleting that language. Uh, several consumer rights groups submitted it, and those groups include the ACLU and Privacy Rights Clearinghouse, and they argued that the verification requirements in the regulations are sufficient to protect the security of consumer personal information in the access request process, and also that this language would have created an excuse for businesses to deny access requests, given that, according to these groups, many businesses, quote, take a troublingly broad view of their need for secrecy as a means to secure their systems. The revisions replaced that original text with a new provision that explains that businesses are not required to search for personal information if all of four specific circumstances are present. And those circumstances are that the business does not maintain the personal information in a searchable format, maintains it only for legal and compliance purposes, does not sell the information or use it for any commercial purpose, and describes in its response to the consumer the categories of information that it holds and that it did not search for, but that may contain that information. So this provision may grant some flexibility and allow businesses to avoid expensive searches, such as searches for call recordings or video footage that are they collect for security or legal compliance purposes. When responding to an access request, the initial draft would also have required that businesses list 
the categories of personal information collected. And for each category list, the categories of sources of that information, the business or commercial purpose for collecting that information, the categories of third parties to whom it disclosed that information, and the business or commercial purpose for that disclosure. The revisions alleviate some of this burden and only require on a per category basis, the categories of third parties to which the personal information was sold and or disclosed for a business purpose. With respect to deletion requests, the revisions remove the requirements that the business receive a double opt-in to a deletion request. Although some businesses may wanna retain this step if deletion will have a major or adverse effect on a consumer's account, for example. Additionally, businesses will no longer need to specify how they deleted personal information in their response to the consumer, but the methods that they can use to delete personal information remain the same. They need to either permanently and completely erase the data except for backups, de-identify the data, or aggregate the data. And finally, the initial language required that if businesses can't verify the identity of a requester, they could deny the request to delete, but needed to treat that request as a sale opt-out. Their revised draft only requires that businesses ask the requester if they want to affect that sale opt-out rather than automatically affect it for them. And one last point I'll add about verification is that the revisions expressly state that businesses can't require consumers to pay fees to verify requests. And an example they give is requiring consumers to submit a notarized affidavit to verify their identity. So now I'll turn it over to Carmen, who will discuss household. Thanks, Katie. So the revisions also provide additional interpretation and requirements surrounding households. Um, so first we have a new definition. Um, so households now means a person or group of people who one, reside at the same address, two, share a common device or the same service provided by a business, and three, are identified by the business as sharing the same group or unique identifier. The draft regulations also change a business's requirements in response to a request to access or delete household information. So if a consumer has a password-protected account with the business that collects personal information about a household, the business can process these requests to know and to delete relating to household information through the business's existing business practices. But where the consumer does not have a password-protected account, the business cannot comply with the household deletion or access request unless all household members jointly make the request, the business individually verifies each member, and the business verifies that the individual making the request is a member of the household. And these additional verification requirements are meant to provide privacy protection to household members who previously did not have the same protections as the individual making the request. Additionally, if the business has actual knowledge that a member of the household is under 13, the business must obtain parental consent before complying with a deletion or an access request for that household. I'm going to turn it back to Katie now, who's going to talk a little bit about the privacy policy changes that we saw in these revisions. Thanks, Carmen. So just to give a little bit of brief background, the CCPA provides consumers with the right to know what information a business collects from and about them, and then how that information is used and disclosed, including how it's sold. 
The draft regulations provide additional content and formatting requirements for the privacy policy. For example, the policy needs to be readable on smaller screens, use plain language, and be reasonably accessible to consumers with disabilities, among some other requirements. With respect to content, the initial draft would have required that businesses list the categories of personal information collected, and for each category, list the categories of sources of that information, the business or commercial purpose for collecting that information, and the categories of third parties to whom it disclosed that information. The revisions still require disclosure of the categories of PI collected in the preceding 12 months, but consistent with the changes to the access request response requirements, they struck the requirement that businesses provide that additional information on a per-category basis, which is helpful for a lot of businesses, particularly when thinking about how they've originally formatted their privacy policy and um, these revisions can help, I guess, prevent maybe the business creating a chart or requiring other granular detail in that privacy policy on a per category basis. However, businesses still need to provide per category detail about the information they sold and disclosed for a business purpose in the past 12 months and specifically they need to disclose the categories of recipients of those disclosures and sales. A separate section of the draft regulations also imposes privacy policy disclosure requirements on certain businesses, and specifically businesses that buy, receive for a commercial purpose, sell, or share for a commercial purpose. The personal information of a certain number of consumers annually must disclose certain metrics in their privacy policies. The revised regulations increased that threshold from 4 million to 10 million consumers, and a consumer is a California resident, and that increase is sure to provide relief for some businesses in terms of their obligations. Additionally, the revisions clarified that the look-back period is the calendar year and that the disclosures in the privacy policy must be updated annually by July 1st. And those disclosures need to include the number of access, deletion, and opt-out requests received, complied with in whole or in part, and denied, as well as the median or main number of days within which the business substantively responded to those requests. And now I'll turn it back over to Carmen. Thanks, Katie. So our next topic is do not sell requests. The revisions provide additional information about the voluntary use of the opt-out button, which was introduced originally in the first draft regulations that were released. The opt-out button, which you can view on our corresponding blog post at adlawaccess.com, looks like an iOS toggle um, and would appear next to the do not sell my personal information language previously prescribed in the regulations. When the opt-out button is used, it should be the same size as the other buttons on the web page. And this button furthers the original intent of the do not sell link by simplifying the procedure for businesses. And in turn, it will likely allow more consumers to exercise their right to opt out. Substantively, the revisions also introduced additional clarifications about do not sell. First, they clarify that a business has 15 business days to comply with an opt out request. And they also modify the previous 90 day look back provision so under the original draft regulations, businesses needed to notify all third parties to whom it had sold a, a consumer's personal information in the last 90 days that the consumer had exercised their right to opt out and instruct those third parties not to further sell the information. 
Instead, the modified draft limits this obligation to circumstances when the business sold personal information to third parties just between the date of the opt-out request and the date of the business's compliance. This change will significantly decrease the burden on businesses attempting to comply with an opt-out request. And finally, the opt-out method must be easy for consumers to execute and require minimal steps to allow the consumer to opt out. And this transitions nicely into our last topic, which is service providers. So the modifications require that a service provider has to stop selling data on behalf of a business when a consumer has opted out of the business's sale of their personal information. The CCPA already imposes this requirement on the business, but this regulation gives an analogous responsibility to service providers. And finally, there are use restrictions. So the revisions clarify that it's not considered a sale for service providers to use personal information to build or improve the quality of the service provider's services. However, the service provider cannot use the personal information to build or modify household or consumer profiles or to clean or augment data from another source. We can assume that because these uses were carved out of the sale exception, they would be considered a sale. The CCPA provides in section 1798.140 that a service provider is prohibited from using personal information for any purpose other than the business purpose specified in the contract that it has with the business. The use of personal information for that business purpose must be reasonably necessary and proportionate to achieve the operational purpose for which it was collected or processed and cannot be used for a commercial purpose other than for providing the services specified in the contract. Originally, the draft regulation stated that the service providers could not use a business's personal information to provide services to another person or entity. And the intent of this first draft was to clarify that a service provider's use of personal information collected from one business to provide services to another business would be outside of the bounds of the necessary and proportionate use of personal information. The modified draft provides further clarification on what is considered necessary and proportionate to achieve a business purpose. The deadline for comments to respond to these proposed revisions is Tuesday, February 25th. For more information, please visit the Advertising and Privacy Law Resource Center at kellydry.com.